Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, it is Monday, January 29th, 2024. And I wish you a very, very, very happy Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. You can find them on social media, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, wherever you take in your sports content. So make sure you find them today. We thank them for being a sponsor of today's show. And speaking of today's show, Ohio State basketball, although it is reeling, it must go on, just like our hearts. Today, we're going to talk about how the Buckeyes may fare against Illinois in their upcoming matchup coming tomorrow night on Tuesday night in the shot. We're going to talk Illinois and its resume. We'll talk about their offensive and defensive strengths and potential weaknesses. We'll hit biggest storylines in this one. I've got a couple that I think are pretty interesting before we get into predictions and keys to the game as well. And we'll also talk probably about some bets we've got on our Banger Bets watch list. Felix Akpara over his rebounds hit against Northwestern, and we'll hope to continue that streak on this one. Appreciate you listening. If you don't mind, I won't beg. I'm not that low. But if you don't mind telling a friend about the show, making sure that you grab someone's phone and just following us on Twitter and on whatever their preferred podcast is the word listening platform may be and you as well maybe give a little extra love all of buckeye nation needs it honestly so you might as well give a five-star review if you don't hate the show as well and you appreciate the content get a lot of good dms i've appreciated the love over the past couple of weeks past couple of days where ohio state basketball hasn't been good and more so the dms at this point I hate to say it, sounds like kind of a therapy session for fans who just need someone to talk to about Ohio State basketball and need to step away from the toxicity that is the fan base as it currently stands. Appreciate those giving your thoughts, your questions, and just talking about Ohio State basketball in general. I know it hasn't been fun, but if you stick in it, if you stick with this Buckeye team at some point, I'll continue to say this, it's going to be better. It may be this season in which it gets better, but we know at some point it is, in fact, going to get better because this is the Ohio State University, the only university in the world that begins its title with the word the, not the, the. Therefore, we know this team will get better, this program will get better, and until then, we'll continue to talk Ohio State Buckeyes, basketball, and you won't be a fair-weathered fan. No one likes to be accused of that. So appreciate you sticking along. If you haven't followed already on Spotify, Apple, or elsewhere, please do. Would appreciate it. Let's talk about Ohio State matching up with Illinois. And first, how about Illinois 101? Intro to Illinois basketball. And of course, we remember the last time Ohio State squared up with Illinois in the shot one of the best dunks of the season for Ohio State. Probably the best dunk of the season occurred when Bryce Sensball yammed all over Matthew Mayer or Meyer. Never learned how to say his last name, how it's pronounced. Never really cared enough to. So sorry about that. But we saw that happen. We saw Ohio State probably get its biggest regular season win 
of the entire season. The Buckeyes skid was continuing one game after another in which the Buckeyes just couldn't get back on their feet, and they got a win over Illinois in late February against the Fighting Illini last season. What's the likelihood that Ohio State can pick up a win in this one on Tuesday night? Well, we'll talk about that in a second, but first we need to talk about Illinois as a whole. And as of recording, this Illinois team, one of the best in the nation, number 10 in Ken Palm, number 13 in the net rankings. They sit at 15-5 and and 6-3 and in the Big Ten, coming off a win over Indiana that was hard fought, a game that they trailed for a fair portion of that game. And the interesting thing, I think, about their non-conference schedule to this point, well, to this point, whatever, this entire season, their non-conference is over, is the lack of what I would call sticker wins. And that's just win over wins over big programs. And for a program like Illinois, you expect them to go and, and take on some more marquee teams than you would expect from a Nebraska or a Northwestern or a Penn State. And they have faced some bigger stickers this year, but not as many as you would think. They opened the year. They lost to Marquette, I believe, the third game of the year. They picked up a convincing win over Florida Atlantic later on. I remember watching that game and and wondering to myself, as I came into this season, thinking Illinois was the biggest wild card team in the Big Ten. Hmm, Illinois may be legit. It seems at this point that they are. They also lost to Tennessee. They beat Mizzou. There were several mid-majors better than Missouri this season. So all in all, you've got a win over Florida Atlantic, two losses to Marquette and Tennessee combined. The non-conference was rather lackluster for Illinois all all season in the non-conference. But at this point, Illinois is beginning to separate themselves within the Big Ten. They split with Northwestern. You saw the crazy game on Wednesday night where Illinois took an L to Northwestern in overtime, lost to Purdue, lost to Maryland, and they've got wins now. They've stacked wins against Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, and they've already swept Rutgers. We know that Rutgers, I still believe this team is better than the record shows, and the sports books would also say that if you look at college basketball title odds. Yes, there's even odds for Rutgers, and they're kind of in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. So they swept Rutgers, they beat Michigan, whatever. Beat Indiana, that's a fine win. Beating Michigan State, obviously, is is a pretty good win at this point. But nine games into the Big Ten slate, they're sitting at 6-3. and I don't care what your record is, or I care what your record is. I don't care who you've played. If you're in the Big Ten, nine games in the season, and you're you're sitting at 6-3, and that is pretty impressive. And overall, the computers, the stats, the nerds, they all love Illinois. And those in the state of Illinois also probably... Love the fighting Illini as well. So how do they win? Well, offensively, they are very good. 82.1 points per game so far this season. 117.8 offensive rating. Both of those numbers are very, very good. Ohio State would love to be there if they were Illinois in terms of the offensive production. They're a fine shooting team from deep. I think they're a little above average across all of the NCAA, but where they are really, really good, and that's just kind of been typical Big Ten basketball so far this season, is they are one of the best teams in the nation in paint scoring. They're averaging 38 points per game from the paint and 15.6 second chance points per game. 16, if you round up. 16 second chance points per game. That's insane. I mean, you think about the amount of offensive rebounds you would have to get in order to 
average 16 second chance points per game and not only that you're not converting every offensive rebound you get so the offensive rebounding production you would have to assume is pretty insane the second chance scoring production 99th percentile in college basketball you've got coleman hat hawkins averaging 3.3 second chance points per game terrence shannon jr and jr sheesh averaging 3.1 second chance points per game and quincy gurrier also averaging 2.9 second chance points per game those are kind of the culprits there for illinois leading the way so how do they get there well it's through offensive rebounding 13.4 offensive rebounds per game led by gurrier with two on average coleman hawkins right behind at 1.9 ty rogers dane danger luke goody all contributing for illinois in terms of offensive rebounding rate and as a team 36.8 percent offensive rebounding rate that's going to be really hard to beat something we'll keep an eye on for ohio state when it comes to keys to the game and this is also a team that will fire from deep 39 percent of their shots come from behind the arc that's not a huge percentage but it is enough and luke goody justin Harmon, both shooting 40 percent from three terrence shannon jr we know who he is as a player at this point he's shooting a little bit better than last year from behind the arc at 35 percent and coleman hawkins shooting 36 percent so they've got several players on this roster who are shooting above average from deep not a big time volume shooting team but they've got guys who can take it and make it from deep so overall illinois offensively they can score from anywhere on the floor they've got several players obviously led by terrence shannon jr and his 20 points per game led by him they've got plenty other players who can score offensively for illinois and it's tough to beat them but where they're really really good is scoring in the paint very good paint scoring team very good offensive rebounding team and very good second chance points team as well offensively if you're looking for a place where illinois isn't the greatest offensively you're going to be searching for a while their assist percentage not that great they do play a little bit more not necessarily iso ball but they just get up and down the floor so offensively that's really the only spot where they're not even above average their assist percentage is 44.8 percent so far this season that's really not good fast break points or i guess i should say percentage of points off the fast break not great but they play they go up and down the floor pretty quickly paced team so they still get the production there and they don't force a lot of turnovers defensively so they don't score a lot of points off turnovers offensively but overall this is a team that can score from two can score from three can score in transition can obviously score in the paint off second chance points it's a really really good team offensively with a bunch of different players who can score for them now defensively they're averaging 68.7 points per game given up with a 98.5 defensive rating so if you're thinking well this is just an offensive led team this is going to be a shootout so far this season illinois as good as they have been offensively defensively they've been almost just as good offensively elite production in several different areas defensively very good i would say great production defensively they're averaging 30 defensive rebounds per game that's 99th percentile in the entire ncaa 30 defensive rebounds per game and just like how offensively they're kings of the paint defensively the exact same scenario get this they're allowing 47 two point field goals per game 
That's 361st in college basketball, which means they are giving up a bunch of shots inside the three-point line. And yet, only 44% of shots go in. That's 16th in all of college basketball. That is anchored in large part to Coleman Hawkins. This team is averaging four blocks per game. Coleman Hawkins is really the only consistent shot blocker on the team, averaging 1.3 blocks per game. Then you've got a bunch of guys producing under a block per game. But someone out there, every single game, is blocking a shot for Illinois to kind of assist with Coleman Hawkins. So they're really, really good when it comes to paint defense and shutting down shooters from inside the three-point line. And as a whole, they don't allow much from the field. 40.5% from the field, 31% from the three-point line. Very good team defensively. Shooting metrics are, are off the charts. They do block a lot of shots. They don't force a lot of turnovers, like I said. So their Hakeem percentage, which is just your combination of block percentage and steal percentage, it is pretty low, and their, their their personal foul efficiency is really good. They don't foul a lot as well, even though they're banging down low in the paint. So the only place defensively where there's not a lot of production is forcing turnovers. So we're starting to get a better understanding now, analytically, of where this team is. And where I left off here is they don't allow much from the field. Field goal percentage, three-point percentage, two-point percentage, there's nowhere from the Fighting Illini defense where you feel good about scoring. That leads into our biggest storylines and our number one storyline overall. So I'm going to get into, I've got five of the biggest storylines here. The the leading storyline is what I think is the biggest overall. And that question is simple. How in the heck is Ohio State going to score on Illinois? Ohio State is 1-5 in five in their last six games. That skid started against Indiana And over the past six games, Ohio State is averaging just 66 points per game. That's less, in the past six, Ohio State scoring production is less than what Illinois is is allowing defensively so far this season. Only by two points, but not good. They've got a 105.2 offensive rating in the past six games, 41% from the field. That's exactly what Illinois is allowing season long. And they are 24% from the three-point line. They shot well against Nebraska in those other five games. They've been really, really bad. 24% from the three-point line. That is, I bring out the dreaded number again, Zorith percentile. Zeroith percentile. However you would like to pronounce that, that is worse in college basketball level. 24% in six games. From a team that shot very, very well from the three-point line last season and now brings in Jamison Battle this season. Not good. And Ohio State's offensive deficiencies have been very clear. I've been very vocal about it. I've been very critical of Ohio State offensively. No spacing, no ball movement, no off-ball screens, no action that forces defenses to work. It's very, very heavy, on-ball screen, two-man game. Hope you can get something to work. If you don't get something off that ball screen, you're getting a hard hedge. You're either, if you're not turning the ball over by trying to force it into the paint, you're swinging it, and then it's just iso ball. It's good luck, Roddy Gale. Good luck, Jamison Battle. 
Good luck, Bruce Thornton. Hope you can make a shot. And if Illinois doesn't allow shots to go in from anywhere in the fi- from the field, and Ohio State has been so bad, something has to give for Ohio State to score consistently in this game. And I will say this. It's not impossible. Look back at Ohio State against Alabama. Look back against when Ohio State played Santa Clara as well. Look at that film. The Buckeyes moved then. The ball wasn't sticky. Off the ball, there was good movement. We saw screens being set. You wouldn't think that for a Division I college basketball team, you'd be begging them to set some off-ball screens. That's where we're at at this point. For Ohio State basketball, it just is what it is. So the first storyline, the first question I've got is, how will Ohio State score in Illinois? Be interesting to see what they come out with. Even Chris Holtman has said, he said it multiple times in the past couple of games, that the ball has been sticking too much. There's not been enough motion offensively. Will they change in this one? Second storyline, which I think is pretty big. Who's going to be the X factor in this one for Ohio State? And I think specifically, it's going to come down to Felix Akpara. If you're thinking about a pathway for Ohio State to pull off a big-time upset against Illinois, I think it comes down to Felix Akpara being the X factor for Ohio State. We already talked about it. Illinois, one of the best rebounding teams in the country. And if you took, by the way, Felix Akpara's over on his rebounds against Northwestern, you're happy. You know that guy can rebound. Very, very good rebounder. He is approaching seven feet tall. He's got the wingspan. He can position himself to just go pluck the ball out of the air before anyone else can reach up to get it. We know that Illinois can truly score from anywhere on the floor, but I think this matchup comes down to paint defense. This is the strength-on-strength matchup for Ohio State versus Illinois. Felix Akpara is averaging 2.5 blocks per game. That's 99th percentile in all of college basketball. 11.5% block rate is 98th percentile in all of college basketball. He has struggled at times getting bullied in the paint, but his length continues to keep him in position to make plays on the defensive end. So the question in this one is, can Felix Akpara continue his elite block production and protect the rim while grabbing defensive rebounds? He's got a 23.1% defensive rebounding rate. That's 92nd percentile in college basketball. I get you've got Evan Mahaffey. I get you've got Zed Key. I get you've got Devin Royal, who I love and who I hope gets some more minutes in this one. But I think truly this comes down to can Felix Akpara be the X factor for Ohio State? I think against Coleman Hawkins, he's got the length. Against Dane Danger, that is a big man right there. Akpara may struggle against him. But if he can get in good positioning, if he can alter shots, if he can block shots, if he can rebound the ball both offensively and defensively and limit Illinois' ability to score off second chance points, Ohio State is going to have a chance to be in this one. I think Felix Akpara is the most important player for Ohio State in this one. Another question I've got, Bowen Hardman. Now look, I've been pretty clear that I didn't think he deserved any really additional minutes for the Northwestern game after how he played against Nebraska. Was happy with his production against Nebraska, but I, I'm, I made it clear. He's at the bottom of the scouting report. He only played a few minutes. When you're, when you're playing in that type of environment where it's garbage time and you're not getting a full game's minutes, you can come in and you can produce. 
especially a player like Bowen Hardman, who's really a volume shooter. Against Northwestern, Bowen Hardman was the only player who played more than one minute and didn't have a negative plus minus total by the end of the game. He was plus 12 in 12 minutes. 11 points in 7 minutes against Nebraska. Look, if he's going to continue to give Ohio State a spark, if he's going to do it in two straight games, you might as well give him some more run. And by the way, Scotty Middleton had the exact same minutes played against Nebraska. He had 12 minutes. Bowen Hardman, who had 12 minutes, was plus 12. Scotty Middleton was minus 19. That is a 31-point swing. We saw Dale Bonner's minutes. He only played 10 minutes against Northwestern. Maybe Hardman starts to eat into Dale Bonner's minutes, who Ohio State hasn't gotten the production they need out of him either. But hey, if Bowen Hardman is giving you two straight games of something different and of offensive production when you're averaging 66 points per game and you're past six games, this is now a trend. This isn't an anomaly. This is a trend. For Ohio State basketball in six games in a row, you are not playing well offensively. Penn State game, you can kind of take that out. But in the five losses, it's been really bad. I think it would behoove Ohio State to let Hardman get, I don't know, 15 minutes or at least give him a run a little bit there. When when you're doing some subs, you're rotating guys out halfway into the first half. Let's see what he can do. Again, I was anti let Bowen Hardman get 25 minutes or put him in the starting lineup, which some fans wanted. I'm not sure you you actually want that. But if he's going to give you good minutes, let him get more minutes and see if he can continue. So that's my thoughts on Bowen Hardman. A couple other storylines in this one. Can Ohio State handle a freaking hard hedge? Uh, it's all they've been getting for the past month or so. Bruce Thornton taking ball screens, getting the hard hedge, and just getting swallowed up behind the three-point line. Chris Holtman mentioned it after the game against Northwestern that Ohio State wasn't the most prepared for that. In this one, can you handle a hard hedge? Because you're going to get them, and you're still going to have wide-open players in the corner. Give me a fade screen. Give me a Jamison battle three in the corner. Let's go. Handle a hard hedge, Ohio State, please. Please, Chris Holtman and coaching staff, Put Ohio State in position to be able to handle those. And last, and certainly not least, how will Ohio State handle Terrence Shannon Jr.? I can tell you how the student section will. That's for another time. Terrence Shannon Jr. is still averaging 19.9 points per game, 2.5 assists per game. And I get Marcus Domask, he's up to 15 points per game. But in the past three games, when Terrence Shannon Jr. has been back, Domask, his scoring production has decreased. So, Terrence Shannon Jr. is the guy for Illinois, averaging 20 points per game. He can score from all three levels. He can get to the free throw line at an elite rate, and he's a good free throw shooter as well. He's definitely at his best when he's driving and running in transition. He scores a lot of his points from points in transition. He's a top-level athlete and an NBA player. He can score from anywhere on the floor. The key for Ohio State in this one will essentially be not letting Terrence Shannon Jr. get downhill. If you can force him to just shoot threes and not drive and kick or drive and score, he's elite finishing at the rim. Very slippery, very strong given his frame. If you can limit him, Ohio State is going to be in a good spot. But just in general, what will the defensive scheme be as Ohio State looks to take on Terrence Shannon Jr.? 
and Illinois as a whole. That is my last storyline for this one. If you're looking for the biggest questions, if you're looking for water cooler talk, that's why we bring up the storylines. That's just things I'm curious about as well. So let's get into predictions, keys to the game. Before we do that, of course, we're talking college basketball analytics, cppanalytics.com. You can go there right now and get access to the stats that many coaching staffs in Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, men's and women's college basketball have access to, and NBA scouts have access to as well. College basketball analytics is the best place for any kind of stats when it comes to college basketball. You can find shooting zones for players and for teams. You can see play-by-play stats. You can see scoring con- context stats. You can see game recaps, lineups, combos for players and teams, on-off splits, player profiles to see what player is like other players, and all that and a lot more. If you go to cbbanalytics.com, create an account, use the code SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, SHOT, short for Schottenstein Center, and views from the SHOT podcast. Use that code, you'll get an entire month free, cbbanalytics.com. Don't miss out on those stats, they're real good. That should be their motto. All right, predictions for this game. And before we get to predictions, we've got to get two keys to the game. And I've got just two. I probably could have thought of more. But look, this Illinois team is good. And there's one very obvious way that they as a team win. And there's very there's one very obvious player that you need to contain. So that's where, gonna, where we'll go with this one. Key to the game number one for Ohio State. Keep... Illinois off the glass. Coleman Hawkins, highly emotional, very productive rebounder. Dane Danger, not sure about how emotional he is, but big and can rebound very, very well. This Illinois team from top to bottom is a very good rebounding team. Defensive rebounding, and and I, I didn't even mention, didn't even mention Quincy Guerriere again. That's not how it's pronounced, Gurrier, but I pronounce it right uh, to start the show, so so cut me some slack. Gurrier, sorry, Quincy. Very good rebounder as well, and their guards can rebound. Terrence Shannon Jr. can rebound really, really well. Ty Rogers, haven't mentioned him. Offensive rebounding rate-wise, he's one of the best in the country. Offensive rebounding. So they've got players all across their roster who can rebound, and they score a large portion of of their points off of second chance percentage of points off of second chance they are 96 percentile in the ncaa you've got to keep them off the glass and if you can keep them off the glass you're limiting where they like to score which is paint production and off of second choice choice off of second chance points limit illinois production off the glass rebounding you're going to have a shot to win this game. Second key to the game, do not let Terrence Shannon Jr. get downhill. Now, I could have been a simple man and just said, contain Terrence Shannon Jr. Know where he is on the floor. Illinois is best when Terrence Shannon Jr., the freak athlete that he is, who has very, very good high-end speed, if you can keep him from having the ball in his hands, and pushing the ball, whether it be in the half court or in transition, you can stop him on the drive, force him to kick it out, and rotate well off the ball, you will have a good shot to be in the game against Illinois. 
that is where in the half court, Illinois is very, very good. It's predicated off of Terrence Shannon Jr. So if Ohio State is containing him on the drive and not letting him get downhill, you're cutting off any kind of driving angles. Again, you will have a shot to be in this game. I can't really give you a path for Ohio State to guaranteed win this game. I can give you a path for them to be in the game at the under four media timeout in the second half. Banger bets. I hate to say this, I really do. But there's two I'm looking at right now. Number one would be Ohio State's team total. If you would like, we can look at Ohio State's scoring production over the past six games where they have not been good. And we can understand based on this episode that what we've seen from the past from both Ohio State offensively and from Illinois defensively, we don't really like where this game may go for Ohio State offensively. In the past six games, they've scored 58 in a loss, 69 in a loss, 79 against Penn State. Does that really count? Not sure. Bottom tier of the Big Ten. 65 in a loss, 60 in a loss, 65 in a loss. So they reached 69 once over the past five losses. In every other game, they were at 65 or less. So if we're looking at a team total, and you don't have to back this. Again, I don't I don't talk about sports betting as if I'm an expert. I don't talk about it as if it's a way for you to make a bunch of money. If you do it, I think you should do it for entertainment and put a small amount of money down. So if you lose it, it's just like, now nah, whatever. I enjoyed watching the game because I had a little extra to root for. I wouldn't root for Ohio State to score less points. I'm just saying, if this number comes out as a team total for Ohio State, even given Illinois is a faster-paced team, so Ohio State should get more opportunities to score, if this number is at 70, 69, 68, 67.5, I'm probably still taking the under for what it's worth. We'll see what the number comes out at. The other one I'm looking at, Marcus Domask. I would assume that the books have caught up to him in his scoring production. It was insane. He dropped 30 in a game without Terrence Shannon Jr., I believe. I believe it was without Terrence Shannon Jr. Maybe he did it with him. But in the past three games, his scoring production has gone down. I would assume this number is going to be something I don't want to touch, like 13 and a half. But if we're up to 14 and a half or 15 and a half, I'm probably taking the under. Mm, still don't love the Ohio State, the, the matchup in this one defensively. So we'll see. Probably not something we're going to touch. We'll see. All right. Final thoughts on this one. I hate to say it. I really do. This game feels rather unwinnable for Ohio State. Ohio State has lost five of their last six, and that has nothing to do with this matchup. But the fact is that Ohio State is searching for an answer and hasn't found it. It's playing with no confidence right now. Chris Holtman has said that publicly. He's he's said that this team does not have the confidence that it needs. Ohio State has not learned how to win. They have beaten Illinois at home last season. Maybe they can replicate it again this year, but it doesn't feel right. Illinois, for me, this season, they transitioned from the, being the conference, the conference's biggest wild card coming into the season to now potentially being the most complete and wholly talented team in the Big Ten. We know about Terrence Shannon Jr. He can score from anywhere. He's an NBA player, and he can dish out assists as well. Marcus Domask, mid-range merchant, very hard to stop. Can score. Coleman Hawkins, highly emotionally unstable. That's fine. Still one of the most underrated players in the Big Ten. He can defend. He can rebound. He can yell better than anyone. In in all three of those areas, he's better than nearly anyone not named Zach Eady, Quincy Gurrier. 
Another player who, at the rim, he's very hard to stop. You've got Dane Dange as well. You just look up and down this roster. For me, it was a lot of question marks heading into the season. This team has gelled really, really well. And I think they're going to be hard to stop. There's just so many ways Illinois can win this game. So many players that they can win with. And because of that, I would pick Illinois, not Wood. I do pick Illinois to win this game. I, I hope Ohio State can lose by 10 or less. Give me that. When Ohio State played at home against Wisconsin, it lost by 11. It felt a little bit closer than that at times. Can you lose by 10 or less? If that, you're showing me some progress. And what I've heard internally about Ohio State basketball and about Chris Holtman in general is, can he show progress heading into February, heading into March? If he shows progress, he's probably going to be back next season for Ohio State. That is what I've heard. Showing progress in this one would be losing to a top 10, top 15 team in the nation by 10 points or less. Or winning, of course. That's a good start too. But unfortunately, that's where we're at with the Ohio State basketball program at this point. No one likes it. If you're an Ohio State fan, you don't like it. It's not excusable. It's not acceptable. But it's where the program is as of now. So that's how I see this game shaking out as a whole for Ohio State. Not a lot of confidence the Buckeyes can pick up a win against the fighting Illini. That said, we'll hope. And that said, I appreciate you listening to today's show. As always, if you don't mind, give a little five-star review, give a little love, and tell a friend or two about the show if you haven't already. I will look forward to watching Ohio State take on Illinois, as hopefully you will as well, supporting the Buckeyes, and maybe they'll pick up a big-time upset and storm the court, and that would be really fun. And hopefully no players are injured via flopping during the court storming. Yikes. Won't get into that. My personal opinion. Unbiased, by the way. Unbiased. My personal opinion. Again, appreciate appreciate you listening to today's show. I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.